and welcome to another episode of She Speaks Stories. This is Portia. And this is Katie. And um, we're excited. Are you excited? I'm so excited because we're continuing on getting the chance to hear stories from our She Speaks Stories team. I know it's been so fun, right? So much fun. And Joyce, Portia, our, our guest today, Joyce Perez, who mm-hmm. Portia, you are buddies with in person because yes. she lives in, in uh, Minnesota Whoa. near Portia and they are buddies. But I have just met Joyce through um, Zoom and emailing back and forth because she is one of our newest team members. Mm-hmm. But um, Portia, I'm going to let you read the bio and say okay. a little bit more since she is your good buddy. She is. Um, you know, I was talking to my husband about my friend Joyce just the other day, and he said, you know what? I am so glad that you guys hit it off. I said, you know, we really do. It was like, we laugh a lot. We laugh at ourselves and just at life. But um, listeners, if you don't have friends in your life that you laugh with and that push you to love Jesus more, would you ask God to do that for you? Because that is what God has done in Joyce and I just publicly want to say, my friend, that you are a gift to me and I love you so much. And I'm so glad that you're part of the team and that we get to hear your story today. So um, I'm going to read your bio and then we'll dive in. Okay. Joyce is a wife, mother, and friend to many. She's a new member of the She Speaks family and our social media manager. She grew up in a family who had faith but had a life-altering experience that caused a major change in her identity and brought waves of anxiety. The last few years, she has pursued her relationship with the Lord with an increased intensity. Having decided to follow Jesus with everything has caused her to face her anxiety head on and learn how to not be held captive by the things that cause anxiousness to rise. Joyce is not living in a pretend world where she ignores anxiety, but she is living with her life open to follow where God may lead her, even if it means doing things that scare her to pieces. Lean in as we hear the story of a woman whom we all can identify. Welcome, Joyce Perez. Oh, thank you so much, guys. I'm super excited. This is definitely one that scared me to pieces. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, welcome, welcome. Joyce. And we'll tell you, last week we recorded, I won't say who, but her palms were sweating. She was nervous. (laughs) And we're like, you are going to be amazing. And once we get in the stream of it, uh, chatting, you kind of even forget that you're recording a podcast. And it feels like three friends, which we are three friends, just sitting and chatting and sharing stories. So we're so glad you would do this, Joyce. Yeah. And um, and I have to make a little comment about you being our new social media manager. Oh, listeners, if you <laughs> only knew the timing of the Lord in prompting um, Joyce to come forward and say, hey, I'd love to help our... Um, Susan Amsley could not do social media for She Speaks anymore. She has 10 million other things on her plate. And Colin Mukri, the the guy that is so talented and did our website and would help us with social media, he won this amazing one-year-long contest. Well, the contest wasn't one year. It was a contest for... Not bed and breakfast. What are those called? Airbnb. 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 He, his wife, and their two kids won a year-long trip all over the world. So they stayed like a month in Alaska, a month in Scotland. Um, I I think they're in Bosnia right now or somewhere. Anyway, so he, and then they document it all and everything. Mm -hmm. And so they're gone for a whole year. Yeah. And um, now he still has his business, but to keep up with She Speaks stuff was hard. So we're like, ah, ah. What are we going to do? <laughs> In comes Joyce. And she has been phenomenal. If you've been following along with the book launch stuff for She Speaks Stories, that's all Joyce. Yes. And she's talented. She's beautiful. So enough me blabbing, Joyce. Um, we love to start our stories at the very beginning. So tell us a little bit about yourself. 
Sure. Uh, well, I'm originally from Brazil. Um, I've been here in the U.S. now for almost 15 years. And like Portia said, I did grow up in a faith-filled family. I mean, I remember my parents gave their lives to Jesus when I was seven. Uh, I have the memory of going up to the front of the altar with my parents. And our life definitely wasn't the same after that. I mean, we, we were churchgoers and involved in ministry and um, I had a pretty good childhood. I mean, growing up in Brazil was, I was in a big city. Like my husband used to say, we're in a jungle. I'm like, oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in a big city, in an apartment. I, like I, I seen a farm when I was a teenager. Like, <laughs> and it was, but I mean, it was, it was um, like humble beginnings, you know, it wasn't anything easy like that, but uh, I always had that dream, you know, of speaking English. Mm -hmm. uh, it was the English thing. I love the music and the movies. And uh, that dream of the language itself is what has always, I always found a way. I'm like, okay, how, how is how be my way to go to the, go somewhere? U.S. wasn't really my first choice, but like, I need to go somewhere and learn the language. So, uh yeah, and then I, I ended up here, which we can go more into the story and, and how that is. But now I, I've been married for 13 years and I have two kids. I have Chloe, who's six, and I have Kaya, who's nine. And yeah, involved with River Valley Church and <laughs> lots. Of, yeah. <laughs> and that's where and, you met Portia, right? At River Valley Church? I know. I've, I've been, I told Portia that already. I'm like, I need to wait a few at least a few weeks to tell Portia that I had a, a, a secret desire of being friends with her. <laughs> oh like, surprise, God. we're friends. <laughs> oh my God, so cool. I'd love to be friends with her, but just life took a different turn. And then all of a sudden, isn't it crazy, Portia? I still am like, that's the craziest way on how this friendship came to be. But I'm, I mean, backing up your words there. I'm just so thankful it came in the right time that mm -hmm. I needed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. Again, the timing of the Lord to bring people together for such a time as this for mm -hmm. our good, but the good of the, the church too, the good of his yeah. people yeah. Um, to, to move forward in ministry together, but also to be deeply blessed. When I, I first actually got to talk to her in person, all that stuff, I went stalker online a little bit. <laughs> Let me see what she's about. And then that's when I found out about the podcast. Didn't even mm -hmm. know she was in the podcast. And I know how great of a speaker she is. So I was like, oh, let me listen to that. Uh, and guys, I'm telling you, I think God, at this point, I know that God just like put stuff. Oh, go there, go there. And I was like, went to the website. And I saw that you guys were looking for social media. And I was in the process of like, I need to find some more people so I can broaden my skills and practice more and all those things and and that's how it came it was literally like this would be a great opportunity for me to like use my talents use my skills that were kind of like not being used as much and I was like oh I get a chance to talk to him <laughs> <laughs> and what I hear you saying Joyce is a it's a <laughs> truth for all of us all you <laughs> listeners and all of us when you set out to bless someone else, you mm -hmm. are blessed in return. Okay. So you decided, all right, I've got gifts and talents that I could use mm -hmm. to bless She Speaks Stories. But in return, you mm -hmm. get blessed because you get to be friends with Portia. <laughs> I love it. It's, been, it's a win-win. It's a win-win for all. Um, Joyce, I love that you're that your whole life, you said you remember the difference and the change in your family. Um, when your mm -hmm. parents accepted Jesus, you remember going down to the altar, but when did it become really real for you and that you surrendered to Jesus? So I remember uh, I remember making that choice myself. Look, I want Jesus in my life when I was 12, you know, at church, the kids' church, like something like that. And I was always like really... I would say in love with Jesus. I mean, now after all these years, maybe I wasn't as in love with Jesus as I thought I could be. <laughs> uh, 
but I was just so involved. I had made that choice. I'm like, this is what I want. I want this life. And I was super involved. I've been involved with worship teams since I was 12. So mm -hmm. I've like pretty much music and singing is part of my life. And, uh, but I think in the last few years, that's when I'm like, I really want this. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you just, I always say like, I, I used to go to church, but I feel like church wasn't in me. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think like a lot that. of people can You that. were in church, but church wasn't in you. I like that. So I had to make that hard choice. And, and that's the beauty of parenting too. You know, I felt like once my kids were here, uh, I'm like, I have to, I want to take things seriously because I want them to have that upbringing that I, I had growing up, you know, and that base, that foundation. Uh, so that definitely brought things better into perspective and made my relationship with God more serious. But again, what I, and, and that's one thing that I've been learning. I, I told Porsche yesterday, I, I absolutely loved the Bible verse that says that God's bring you from glory to glory. And, and mm -hmm. when I, and I, I told Porsche, I didn't understand that verse, you know, until Someone really said it's like grades, you know, you, you graduate from one grade to the other, to first grade, to second grade. And I'm like, I totally understand now because that, that's how I felt the last the last few years. OK, I was in the, in the stage and now I'm graduated to a different one. And and hopefully it keeps going like that. But yeah, I love that. I love that. I've never really heard it said like that, but from glory to glory. And if you think about. The reason we're here on earth in the first place and why he even leaves us here is to learn to enjoy God and glorify him. Mm -hmm. So you saying that, Joyce, okay, we're moving from glory to glory, meaning mm -hmm. as we walk along, we grow mm -hmm. if, if we cooperate <laughs> and don't go backwards, yeah. which is easy to do if we linger and get lazy or get disconnected. But if we cooperate, then he gives us the ability to glorify him more and more and more from glory to glory. I love that. I love that. Now, Joyce, you had a pivotal uh, experience that kind of changed the trajectory of your life. Can you tell us that story? Yeah, absolutely. So when I was uh, 18, 18, 19, I was, I was halfway through college. Uh, just one day out of the blue, I, I started feeling like some tingling behind my ears and uh, didn't really, it wasn't really one day. I, there was been probably three days before that, that something weird was happening on my ears and my face. And I felt like there was something in my eye that my eye was blinking too fast. And, uh, but then one afternoon after those days, my sister looked at me and she was like, what's wrong with your face? And my face was completely like it dropped, you know, one side of the face, my right side of the face dropped and was completely paralyzed, which they call Bell's policy. Uh, had never heard of it before at that time. And uh, we at that time, my house was actually across from an ER <laughs> across the street. Mm -hmm. So we. Uh, we crossed the street and, and I used to work at that hospital. So I called my boss and I said, there's something going on and just come here. But it was like, no one knew what it was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, no one, they're like, oh, it's probably some teeth thing. I remember that night they just gave me a medicine to fall asleep because I was like hysterical. And mm -hmm. I mean, for an 18, 19 year old who was, and I was like, super, like I said, involved with worship. I was always like, uh, surrounded by friends. I was always the kind of leading the group of friends and super involved in events, like doing events for the church, for the school, um, really, really involved with everything, kind of like in the leadership of stuff in, in a popular group. <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, I was terrified. I'm like, what the heck happened? So, and then like, they couldn't find anything. I remember I just went to sleep that day, the next day, went to a couple of dentists because they thought it was teeth. Um, after that, that was when I went to a neurologist and he was able to explain what it was. And 
uh, medicate him how I thought it'd be. And he was like, oh, this will be easy. This is something that comes back really quickly. Um, you can just do some therapy, some physical therapy. And uh, and we, guys, we didn't have insurance in Brazil. I mean, we have uh, universal health insurance in Brazil. So, I mean, I was able to do some stuff for free, but uh, I still, like, in hindsight, I think I could have done better treatment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With what with what we had at the time, they were also, like, really assured me, oh, you'll be fine. You'll be back. You'll be back. And And just wasn't. And it, it would, it was not, I mean, it was compared to what I was that time. I'm much better. Like I can close my eyes, I can eat, but I, at that time, it's like, I had to literally tape my eyes at night, mm-hmm. uh, eat. I had to close, like hold my mouth with my hands so I could actually eat. It was just very traumatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really completely like took away my confidence. Mm-hmm. Things that I was really just, I mean, I've always been somewhat shy. I'm not super like out there. Um, but I didn't have a problem doing things like being up there in a worship team. And uh, if I had to like take pictures, it, mm-hmm. it's not like the most photogenic person ever, but I didn't have a problem with that. Okay, let's take pictures. Let's do stuff like that. And all of a sudden, the thing is like done for me. I remember the last uh, couple of years of college after that, it was like me hiding away from like any sort of uh, group project that I had to speak up in front of the class, you know, and I would literally blame on this palsy, everything. I'm like, oh, I can't do that. I just have this. I don't, I don't want, and mm-hmm. it kind of, yeah. I mean, today I think that it, I was really affected by some sort of depression after that, that it just went like unnoticed and, um, but yeah, my I would say that what changed the most was confidence and it made me a lot more self-aware, like things that I thought I would be doing before. Like I went to school for communications and um, some, like I had classes in journalism and I didn't have a problem with those things. And all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, I can never be on a camera before. Like I, I didn't want to be on a camera in front of cameras and doing all of that. And that really, and, and I mean, when you're 18 in college, I mean, you're all about voice, you know, they were like, <laughs> a lot of my friends Absolutely. were like, yeah, a lot of my friends were dating and all that stuff. And uh, I was just like, no one's going to like me anymore. And I had already like, I had already suffered a little bit with this when I was 15, seeing like girls already dating and oh. which is funny because nowadays I'm like, I, I would never tell Chloe to date at 15. <laughs> 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 you were 15 you wanted yeah, yeah. yeah. that's what was happening and um and I already had that thing you know maybe I'm not pretty enough all these girls did and I'm not and so you can imagine I mean that the roller coaster that was like oh, I'm never going to date again these guys are if there was ever a guy that would come to me I would think that he was just hitting me that you know it was my friend or something so I had at that point in my last year of college I was like I need to get out of here I'm like, I'm, I'm not staying here. That's when I really like push my parents. And, and I mean, guys, poor parents, my goodness, they like sold their car. They're like, they did so much to send me here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh. They saw how like desperate I was. I'm like, I need to get out. I had this idea. I'm like, okay, maybe if I go somewhere, I'll be different. I'll be mm. exotic. They'll like me, you know, here I'm like, I don't just, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm not gonna, <laughs> it's not gonna cut it. So and that's when I really pushed to to come to the US. Um, the doors really opened up for me to come easily. I mean, I never thought it at that point was it wasn't easy to get a visa. Uh, but again, this is this was all God's doing too, because all things just flowed out perfectly. Like the visa came out mm-hmm. super easily. Um, I found a fan, like a host family literally in the same weekend that I posted. Wow. Uh, and all those things are like tiny little miracles. Can I tell a little one that yeah. I really Yes, we love that. I like I didn't even know what Minnesota was for real. Like when I when I decided that I was coming to the US because at the point at the time was the most affordable place to come because I yeah. wanted to go to Australia. <laughs> Where did you want to go? I want to go to Australia, like to the hills. Australia. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I'm like, no, the U.S. is going to do it. Uh, and then 
I came as an all pair. So I lived with a family taking care of their kids. And I remember when I posted my, when I like submitted all my uh, stuff and they're like, oh, we're going to put you online and your profile so families can look up for you. And I, I wanted to go to all like the cool place. I want to go to California, New York, Chicago, you know, everything that you dream of the U.S. Never heard of Minnesota. <laughs> this family from Minnesota had had a Brazilian au pair in the past and they wanted a, a girl from Brazil too to stay with their kids so before my profile was even online like other families didn't even have a chance this woman called me and guys I had no English like zero <laughs> so I'm like, I have no idea what this woman is saying on the phone <laughs> email me because I can read much better than I can speak and she's like no we just we like a profile we want you to come here this is Minnesota and show their kids they were like adorable and and just talk about the code I'm like where the heck is this place so I was like I I'm, I'm gonna pray about it and think about it and see how it goes this was like a Friday maybe so that week and I was I was leading uh, I was in a worship singing on a worship mm-hmm. and they had a pastor who was a guest pastor preaching that night huge white guy like big <laughs> American guy and I was literally sitting I was singing he was sitting behind me from where I was singing with the the senior pastor right mm-hmm. behind me so I'm singing and like kind of paying attention to what they're talking behind me and the guy's like oh do you think people from Minnesota are listening to you now online and I was like what <laughs> like, looking, I'm like no, no no way and this guy like goes there and preaches and at the end I just run to him I'm like are you from Minnesota <laughs> the guy used to live here in Bloomington where I live now what? Uh, Bye. and I was like oh my god like I, I I literally told him I'm going to Minnesota like and he's like oh here here's my phone number when you get there you let me know we'll, we'll get together guys seriously I'm like this has to be a confirmation wow I have got goosebumps and that means I've just heard something very supernatural because whenever I hear something that is absolutely a movement of God, I get these. I make my decision. I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to Minnesota. I have no idea what this is. Had to look on a map. Wow. And like reading and people say it's freaking cold. You're going to say. Yes. <laughs> From Brazil to Minnesota. Oh, my God. Oh I had so many funny stories I could tell you all day. But I mean, that's how I came here. Like, actually, oh. I. And then when I came here, I called him like an, an amazing guy who lived in Brazil, speaks Portuguese and whatever. And uh, yeah, isn't that crazy? And, and oh that's how goodness. I ended up here. And sorry, I'm like completely. No, no, but you said- do not be sorry. This is fascinating. I love hearing people's stories and I love your story. So you said that you were telling your parents, I just got to get out of here. So you come to Minnesota, you're going to be an au pair. God confirms it. So you get here and then what? Did you did you feel differently? Did you, like what happened? I do think that I felt more comfortable and confident because I didn't have anything to compare to. And I was there. Yeah, I just I I just felt unique, you know. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I have a chance here, and uh, and again, God's stories too, because I had I'm like I'm gonna go there and I'm gonna date everyone, I'm gonna <laughs> date a different guy every week, and I'm gonna like and, and guys, I mean, I I I shared a room with my sister my whole life, and uh, I mean we we had curfew and I mean, and my parents were amazing. I wouldn't do anything different, but I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to have a room of my own <laughs> bathroom for myself. And then a car, like, cause I could drive that car. I'm like, I'm going to drive. I, I just, seriously, it was so much freedom, <laughs> which is probably 21. Uh, but I'm like, this is so much freedom. Uh, so I was like, I didn't even remember. I had gone through this paralysis because mm. I was just over the moon. I was like, I couldn't believe that I was actually here. A girl from like like small beginnings in the US and I had to go to, like I went to New York first. I was like, I can't believe. I was like so out of a movie. Everything for me was a movie. I'm like, my God, I'm literally living the movie. <laughs> I love that. Did your host family, I mean, the, the family you work for, were they the ones that kind of helped you learn English? Because- Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. New- too. But I mean, honestly, that was when I met my husband that the language actually goes because I was really 
I moved here and I had already met some Brazilian people online and made, and I was involved right away with the Brazilian church. Um, so I was, most of my weekends were with Brazilian people. So I was like, I have to mm-hmm. hang with American people so I can learn the language that well. Yes, yes. And guys, I'm, I'm telling you, I was like, oh, I'm going to date everyone. I'm going to go out with all that stuff. <laughs> and I met my husband and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I'm guessing happened, Joyce. Your parents were back in Brazil praying like crazy. God protect our gorgeous daughter. And God's like, okay, I'll keep her from going crazy. Here's a husband. (laughs) Yeah, it's such God's protection. You know, he's like, no, I'm going to set you apart and I'm going to protect you. And here comes a guy that I'm thinking like, oh, maybe I'll go out this week. And, And that was it. Like, we, we, we started dating it, got married like a year and a half later. Uh, wow. That... I love that. I love that. <laughs> oh, wow. So um, tell our listeners what has been the status of, like, were the doctors right? Did the Bell's palsy go away? No, it did not go away. Uh, I still have, I developed something called synchinesis after this, which like the, the wirings, you know, the nerves and the wirings that go from, that really moves all your muscles in your face. They were wired wrong. Like, I don't even know how to explain. When, when the going back to work, they rewired wrong. Something like that. So I smile, my eyes will move. If I I blink, my mouth will move. It's just, it's very annoying. Uh, Yeah, it's not, it's not that easy. Uh, Again, better than what it was, it is for sure, but it's not 100% better. Uh, I still have probably pain, you know, especially in the winter when it's really cold here, like in your face is already cold. I I just get pain on my neck and, and all that stuff. So no, it's not, that's not completely healed yet. And um, how have you responded to that? Because you, when it first happened, your confidence took a, just a punch to the gut. And then um, you had some bouts with depression. You came to the States, being, being different and unique boosted you. Did, were you able to stay lifted or what did that look like for you? No, that didn't last long. I mean, it was fine for, for the first, years so and I throughout all these years that I've been here I was 15 I would always try to look for a way like look for a doctor look for a therapy look for some way and it was always kind of up and down it was like when I felt like anxiety was at the highest in my life or something wasn't going right I was just plainly unhappy Mm -hmm. that was when I would like oh let me go try find something for my face and I would like search for a doctor I'm like oh let me look for this therapy and then things would start getting better, you know, or I'd get, just get busy with something else, get involved with something else. And I'd literally kind of forget until I had to do something scary that I had to be in front of you or something like that. But yeah, it's been, um, I, I, I think the confidence was just that first like adrenaline of the beginning, you know, to mm-hmm. be somewhere new, a new relationship mm-hmm. and, and all those things. Uh, but it's, it's like when you get, like everyone when you get married, right? You're super excited at first and all, and then you get married and things just, and then you really know like who the person is and they really know right. who you are. And things kind of get into the routine. And uh, yeah, for me, it was the same thing. So as we like got married and life just kept going, I was more, I think I faced more of the reality of like, oh, maybe I am unhappy with this. And which always would connect to like, oh yeah, I'm unhappy with because my face is like that. And uh, and and I told Portia that before, and I don't even know if it's the right time to say, but it really affected like how I saw God with me. I'm, I'm, I would always be reminded like, well, he didn't heal me. Mm-hmm. So I must have done something really wrong or I'm just not doing it right. Mm-hmm. He heals everyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, I knew, I knew he could heal. I just didn't know he would heal me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he made to the he made a really strange relationship with me and God. Like mm-hmm. I 
always go to church because I knew it was the right thing. I knew, like, I knew that I knew there is a God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I heard this lately and I think he fit, he fit my life so perfect. Like I knew God loved, I just didn't know he loved me. I'm like, I didn't wow. feel that perfect, like really close to me. So yeah, it was, uh, it, it answering your question. It didn't, the confidence didn't stay for, for too long. <laughs> and, and Joyce, I do get that about knowing the doctrine, if you will, or the head knowledge that God is love. He loves people. He loves them so much. He died for them. You get it. And you fully believe it in your head, Mm -hmm. but there's something in your heart that says, yeah, but Mm -hmm. not me, because if he really loved me, you know, then I'd be healed or then I'd be different or then I'd have this amazing experience with him or, you know, a myriad of things. And I really do get that. And listeners, I'm, I'm guessing there's a bunch of you out there that um, have either had these thoughts in the past or having them right now. Yes, God is a loving God, but there's either something wrong with me or I'm not doing it right. Yeah. You know, like, well, maybe I don't pray right. And that's why I don't get healed. Maybe I don't uh, go to church enough. And that's why I don't hear his still small voice, exactly. etc. I, I know I struggled with that for years. And I, I struggled with faith, you know, because I, I mean, oh, my God, I had so many people pray over me. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, go to this church, this guy has a healing ministry. And there I go, you know, and, uh, and I'm like, God, I don't have faith. And they would all like, oh, if mm-hmm. you have faith, you'll be healed. I'm like, how the heck don't I have faith? And I felt oh. like I've been for so long I feel like I've known it so long and I just and and I really would like tell people like some pastors will come to pray and I'm like I just don't have faith I mean I oh. like oh do you have to you have to see it because it happened in the spiritual you just have to I'm like I see it but it's not working <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, I, and I'm laughing but it's not funny it is a very 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 sad tilt on the teaching that that Jesus is the healer he absolutely is yes. the healer, yes. but the tilt is it's up to you and your amount of faith mm-hmm. in order to acquire that healing. Mm-hmm. And that is skewed. That is wrong mm-hmm. because he is the healer. He's in charge. He is sovereign. And to think it's up to us, yeah. like how much, and here's the, here's when I started pondering all this, how much is enough faith, Lord? Okay, wow. I have this much faith. Mm-hmm. Do I need just one inch more and then I'll right. be healed? Yeah. Right. So two inches? Or do I need a bucket full more of faith? How far away am I from fullness of faith in order to merit yeah. you healing me? And the more you reason it out like that, the more you realize, wait, something's wrong with this whole picture. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is the healer. Mm-hmm. But healing comes when he decides it comes right. in, in a miraculous way. And it doesn't, I mean, do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not. yeah. I, had a, um, I had a pastor once that said, that? Um, scripture is very clear that God heals. Scripture is very clear that we're supposed to pray for healing. But the thing I think we sometimes forget is that God is sovereign. His ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are higher than ours. And so praying that someone be healed in the name of Jesus, I think is absolutely right and good. But we also have to release the outcome. Um, You know, when there's so many, so many stories, we pray for someone to be healed and they died. Um, And so, and then there's a perspective of, okay, well, they were healed. They just weren't healed on this side of eternity. They were healed in God's presence. And then there's, God, I trust you. I trust you to do this however you want to do this. And um, and that's kind of a new space in my life where I've tried to be intentional of, I'm asking for this, Lord, but I release the expectation of what I think this should look like. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a pastor friend um, that would say, we, he said, we pray until the healing comes in whatever way that that comes. Like yeah. until and let until God intervenes and says stop praying or whatever, mm-hmm. he goes you pray for healing and there's no there's no sin in that that's not wrong, um, mm-hmm. 
but we pray not with like, you have to do this. It's uh, but I trust you with the response, even if it's not the response I want, which is what we don't like. Mm-hmm. We're like, if I'm going to ask you for this, then that's what I want. But um, <laughs> him being God and everything knows what we need and knows what is right and good. And so Joyce, how has that impacted you not having the answer that you've wanted? How has that, where are you now? Yeah. Well, thanks so much because I'm excited to answer that one. Uh, Because I think for me, my journey with how I dealt with this has changed this year. Um, Just last year, guys, just last December, I was like, last November, I was like looking for another doctor. I'm like, okay, I'm going to find another one and I'm going to do this. And all the treatment required, like, like a therapy that you do at home yourself. I'm not very organized with this. I'm like, I don't have time to be doing all this stuff all day. I have kids. So I always like felt that I was hindering myself. I'm like, I'm the one I'm not, I'm not, it's not getting better because I don't have enough. So just seriously, this is so new to me. Just so you have perspective that last year I was, that's where I was like full of anxiety uh, because of the whole pandemic and and all that and whatnot. And then looking for a doctor. And then that's when uh, it changed for me when I I was seriously, I, I was having so much anxiety and actual having like anxiety attacks that my heart would come out, almost come out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. that I had to take myself to the doctor a few times because I'm like, I'm seriously dying. Just find a reason there. Mm-hmm. Give me something because there's something wrong with me. And and the last appointment, she's like, I'm like, just just run every test you have, for goodness sake, just find out what's wrong with me. And she did that. The woman kind of like did all the exams. She's like, sweetheart, you're not dying. This is a anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I know I have anxiety, but there's, there must be something. Uh, and that was when like she, I was faced with that. Well, I can give you a medication. And uh, at the time it was like an antidepressant one. I was like, I don't want, I don't, I just didn't feel peace to take that. And again, nothing against medication. Some yeah. people need a blessing. Yeah. Just saying that for me, I did not have the peace. And she was like, well, you can look for other alternatives before you commit to. And so I was like, let me do that. I, I went home and I prayed. And uh, again, uh, God opened the doors for me to find a counselor. Mm. I actually started seeing mm-hmm. and talking about this. And for me, it was when it was, I had to make that, that, decide, that change inside. And I had already been reading so much about anxiety for the prior two years to that, uh, because it's, anxiety was not something new, something like brand new to me. I had been struggling with a while. So I knew kind of how to deal with it. I just haven't really put on a work, you know, and. I was like, I had to take this seriously. So for me, it was the changes of uh, seeing the counselor. Mm-hmm. And I really committed myself to seeking God. I'm like, okay, I have to, I, I'm going to, I always said I want to read the Bible in a year and I would always fail. So I was like, nope, this year is the year I'm reading the Bible in a whole year. And I really want to take that time uh, to be with God and start the day the right way. And, and like I was waking, I am waking up early, which it's an absolute pain. Uh, but i've been for your honesty (laughs) it's a discipline it is a discipline to stay focused yeah and and like i said i'm I'm not very disciplined so i was like no i I gotta do this and and ever since like january i'm like i'm starting this that was when i started seeing her i started reading the bible and oh my goodness like really god has met me uh in halfway and Answering your question, Portia, I have found healing in a way that I did not, I wasn't looking for. Wow. What I was looking for, it was my physical healing that my face would be up and then I'd be throwing a party. I'd always said, I'd always like pray to God, I'm going to throw a party when my face is healed. And I'm going to tell everyone and a lot of people will hear about you. And I think a bunch of people will, will uh, take a save. Do you know those like weird stuff that we talk to God? Yeah, <laughs> Yes, I know exactly, Joyce. I had that whole thing in my head. And I just found like spiritual and emotional healing in a way that I'd never thought. Um, in one of those, and now I'm like my dates are kind of messing up, but one of these this months, so I've been meeting with the counselor at the same time. I am doing a, a really in-depth, like not Bible study, but like a, a study on emotional and trauma, you know, uh, in mental health, I was doing this study with a friend that we were like meeting almost every week to go through this together. 
Uh, so those two things were important. So I really had the opportunity through that study and the council to like revisit some of those painful moments, which I didn't even know. Like I always thought I didn't have trauma. I'm like, I don't have trauma. Like I didn't get beaten. I didn't get like stuff. I, I just yeah. didn't. Then when you go seeing those things and really like remember, I could see the amount of trauma that I had with the disease and, and yeah. all this. And um, God really like, taking care of me throughout the years, you know, like all the, the small steps that I'm like, wow, God was really protecting me with that. But the big thing was like a message that I heard on a podcast. I don't know if a podcast, but I was listening to a message and this guy was talking about the, the lame guy at the Bethesda pool. Mm -hmm. And when Jesus asked him, do you want to be healed? Uh, the preacher was saying that the original, you know, uh, Hebrew or whatever, it was like, do you want to be made whole? Jesus mm -hmm. wasn't asking if it was like, a, do you want to be physically healed? He's mm -hmm. like, I want to do the complete job on you. Wow. And I remember listening to that message and kind of getting angry. I'm like, oh, another like healing message. And and here he's talking. And I was like, so like defensive here into this message as I'm like driving and doing my stuff, you know, like just my ear pods in my ear. And then when he talked about, do you want to be made whole? I, it was seriously like I was brought back to my teenage years prior to where the the paralysis happened and seriously a movie started playing in my head and i'm like oh my god i never wanted to be made whole all i wanted was the physical healing all i wanted is my face to be back and my life would be back to the way it was you know like i said i was in church just church wasn't in me i wasn't living a holy separate life that i felt god had called me since i was a teenage girl so i was just on my head, it was like boys and what am I going to do? And the whole like, again, teenage stuff. But I felt that God had called me to a different thing. And I wasn't living like that. And then when I decided to move to the U.S., that was my mentality. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I just want boys again. I want to have fun and I'm going to have freedom. I don't have to tell my parents where I go or I come back. I didn't want to be made whole. I just wanted to be made healed. Mm -hmm. So I could go back and live my life and be happy yeah. with life you know i didn't it didn't have a, a meaning a purpose and i i just remember like breaking down and then god told me like it wasn't a punishment i didn't do this to punish you i loved you and i wanted to save you like if i had if that hadn't happened you would still be living that life like if i hadn't let that paralysis happen you'd still be in that lifestyle mm. and I, I i just remember like actually thinking i'm like oh my god <laughs> mm -hmm. thank you that you actually let that happen to me you mm -hmm. saved my soul wow. like you here and now i understand and that has brought me to like do you know what i don't know if i'm ever going to be physically healed on earth mm -hmm. I, I i want to yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's ever going to happen i don't know and and i'm okay with that right now because now i understand that God actually wants to use this, you know, that he wants to use all things for our good and his purpose. And I'm like, I have, look at this. If it wasn't for this, maybe I wouldn't be here talking to you guys and being able wow. to that experience with other people. You know, I, maybe I wouldn't, I most likely wouldn't even be in the U.S. because I was happy there. I wasn't necessarily unhappy, uh, but God has allowed all of that. And maybe I just took too long to understand. <laughs> Uh, but even the timing of that is in yeah. God's hand. That's you know, true. even the timing of our understanding of what he's doing, mm -hmm. um, because his his ways are not our ways. Right. And his right. plans are so beautiful and intricate. And but there is a mystery mm -hmm. to, to his sovereignty mm -hmm. also that we don't fully understand. And he doesn't hold us uh to test for that, you know who you re remind me of as you're saying this, Joyce, is Johnny Erickson Tata, mm. and she was in a diving accident when she oh, was yeah, a teenager. Her. Yeah, completely paralyzed. Yeah. And I remember reading her uh, book that for those first couple of years, as she's literally laying in a striker bed or stretch some kind of stretcher bed, and a myriad of people praying over her mm -hmm. and telling her, well, you have to have faith. Yeah. You can be completely healed. You could get up and walk away from this bed right now. If you had enough faith. Mm -hmm. Well, what that did to her 
was ruined the faith that she did have yeah. at that, at that point in time, because, and I heard you kind of saying that Joyce said for a while there, you're like, well, yeah, I know he's loving, but he doesn't love me because he heals, he heals people he loves. Mm-hmm. And, and so Johnny really struggled with that. And then of course she was never physically healed, but, oh my, look at what Johnny has done in the world to glorify God and learn to enjoy him forever. Wholeness, wholeness. Um, And the physical part, why Lord? Don't know. Don't know. And she won't know. So she sees him face to face, but in the process, has he used every ounce for good? Um, and that's, as you were saying that, Joyce, I'm like, hey, you're just like Johnny Erickson Tata. <laughs> well, and I love, Joyce, that you said God has allowed this in my life, not God did this to me. Because I think um, there are a lot of times where we have the opportunity in our life to say, God did this to me. He made this happen. How can he be good? Because he did this to me. Um, David says in the Psalms that God is good and he only does good. Um, And when he created this world, it was perfect and it was amazing. But then sin entered and sin messed it all up. Jesus came and he has redeemed it. And there has been so much grace and redemption throughout the fact that sin is still here. But there are things that just happen in our physical bodies. We were supposed to live forever, never be sick, never age, never be overweight, all these different things. And but because of just in our physiology here in this world right now, stuff happens. And I take great comfort in, okay, God is sovereign. So he knows everything. And because he knows everything, he sees how this thing that's going to happen just because we're in a messed up, broken world, how it can be used for our good to, to mold us. Cause you said, you know, if this hadn't happened, I, I don't even know if I'd be sitting here having this conversation. And so um, I don't know which of our listeners specifically need to hear the situation that you're in right now is not God getting at you. He's not doing things to you, but he will use the things that you are in to shape you, to mold you, to show you a different facet of his goodness and his grace and his mercy that maybe you haven't known before. Um, I mean, think about, and for the person that says, but how can he be a good God to do that? Okay. Let's think about earthly parents for a second. We love our kids in a healthy environment. We love our kids, right? We don't want them to be hurt, but things happen where we allow them to be hurt in the moment. Shots, um, if they break their arm and it has to be reset, you know, I'm just thinking through different stitches, you know, those are things that hurt them in the moment, but it's going to bring healing. Also, we make them eat things that they don't want to eat. Why? Because it's good for them. Because we want them to be healthy. We make them drink water. We cut off the candy. We hide, you know, we do things to set boundaries to help them. So in our natural human parenting, if we do that, how much more does our heavenly father allow things that may cause pain and may cause us to question, but he knows that I can use this for your good. I know that this will help produce in you what I have envisioned for you. And Joyce, that's what you're doing. You're allowing God to form you into the woman that he planned long ago before one of your days came to be. He wrote all of them in his book. And I just think that that's amazing that you're doing that and giving glory. And I also love that you said, yes, I want to be healed. Yes, I want to be healed. Nothing wrong with boldly asking for it because it does show faith yes. that God is all powerful. Yes, to ask for it, but then it it to me it shows deeper faith to leave the results in His hands. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but I think it kind of goes to the idea, the deeper idea of answered prayer. I'm putting little air quotes around answers to prayer. Okay. Sure. We, we pray on a certain level because we're human. We're in the flesh. We see things and we think I need this. I need that. And we ask God for it. Absolutely. We should. He tells us pray about absolutely everything. But I, I believe that God in his wisdom can't, doesn't answer 
a certain level of prayers because he's busy answering a deeper level of prayers. For example, um, you know, living um, in the Marine Corps and moving around and everything, I would pray for certain duty duty stations or whatever, and then I wouldn't get them. And I'd be like, come on, Lord. But a deeper prayer of mine would be help my marriage or um, send me, uh, you know, confirmation of a, a ministry or I don't know, deeper friendship. And then I wouldn't get the duty station I wanted, but then I'd get to the one I didn't want. And then I'd meet these people or I'd have a ministry opportunity or whatever. And even the same um, when I had cancer, I had people pray over me to heal me. Mm-hmm. I wanted that. Absolutely wanted that. I don't want to go through chemotherapy. I don't want to lose my hair. I don't want to be sidelined. I hate this. But God answered kind of a deeper prayer um, in that I was asking him, would you strip away anything in me that is superficial um, that I might become more like you? Would you give me a deeper understanding of what it means to walk with you, mm-hmm. not just work for you or get things from you or, you know, live under your thumb, but to, to really walk with you, would you give me an understanding of that? You know, and, and then when he didn't miraculously heal me from cancer and walking through that journey, I'm like, Oh Lord, you were answering those deeper prayers, mm-hmm. those more, um, higher perspective prayers than for my earthly comfort, my earthly, uh, you know, pleasure or looks so that earth is easier. You were answering the supernatural level of prayers and only you can do that. And I trust you and I grow. And that's what you're saying and experiencing Joyce. And I love it. I love it. All right. Here's our last big question. Unless Portia, you have any more comments you want to throw in there before we ask our last question? No, I'm good. (laughs) I just want to like point one more thing that for me was like special at that time, you know, when I got that greater understanding, it was that I did call my mom, you know, to talk Mm -hmm. to her because she's been such a like supporter through these years. And she'd always like, Oh, I, I always, I know that someday you'll find someone that will help you, you know, and she'd pay for stuff for me to get treated. And I know she was like always praying for me and that big supporter. But I remember calling her and I'm like, mom, and, and I think that's what God's saying. Like he, he, he let that happen to save me, you know, to save myself. And she's just like, oh, Joyce, I knew it. Like I knew always from the day that happened. Like a, a friend actually, she was like, you know, God uses some weird stuff to save someone's soul. Mm-hmm. And she's just, I just could never tell you. You had to learn that by yourself. <laughs> and it's been what eighteen years. I mean, and and I was like, I just remember crying. I'm like, oh my god, yeah, that's true. Because if she had told me, I'd probably be angry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Had- oh, that's beautiful. And and those are her deeper prayers. Mm-hmm. You know, her deeper prayers being answered. I'm sure your mom prayed for physical healing for you. Beg God for physical healing for you. Of course she did. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she was praying for your spiritual depth and your spiritual maturity and your mission in the world to walk in a manner worthy of God and those kind of prayers. And God's like, okay, I can't answer both of those at the same time. So I will answer the more important ones. Um, Right. And again, keep praying for the physical healing, but to be content in what you have for such a time as this Amen. and enjoy him. I and I had to make that choice of being like, God, I will serve you. And I will love you. Even if, if nothing changes, I will keep doing this and I'll trust you. Uh, and I, I always remember my mom saying this our whole lives, like, Oh, just take everything from me. Take my possessions. Take, just don't take me Jesus, you know? And I, and I was always thinking, God, this is so hard to pray like that. I mean, I don't know if I <laughs> Yeah, Uh, but maybe I'm not right there yet but I'm still like I came to that point that I'm like no I'm okay you know what if if I never get healed I just I thought I'd never be happy I'm like I never get healed never be happy and content Mm. I'm like I found that that no I am content in you I have what I need 
Uh, and just being able to see all those like un like prayers that I didn't even necessarily pray or like maybe people prayed for me or just I just that deep desire in my heart that God has actually answered throughout those years, you know, and I was able to see like, you know what, I actually I am here. I have a loving husband. I have healthy children. I have amazing friends. You know, I have a, a, a church family. I have actually, I have Christian friends who actually make me want to be better, make me want to be yeah. close. He has allowed me people like that in my life. And it's just a beautiful thing when you actually see, when you stop looking at yourself, right? Because I was so focused on the mirror on myself, like myself, look, when did this, that I was able to take that mirror and see around and I'm like, oh my goodness, look at all this stuff that God has done for me. It's, yeah. Wow. wow, there's so many truths in that statement that we could unpack. Unfortunately, we've run out of time. But I will I do have to say one thing. Isn't that the lie of the enemy that he tells all of us? Chase after everything and anything else for your happiness right. and distrust that God loves you. And your real happiness lies in an intimate relationship with him. That's right. We all fall for that. We all fall for that in different seasons of our life, in different depth, in different stages. Um, but God is gracious and he opens our eyes and helps the scales fall away and see truth. And Joyce, you're just coming into so much truth and I love it. And here's the other thing. You're gorgeous. Isn't Your face is gorgeous. Listeners, I wish you weren't just listeners. I wish you were seers also because Joyce is gorgeous. Um, here's our last question. If you could only leave our listeners with one thing, one truth or one lesson or just anything, what would it be? It would be that when you lean into God, he can't respond any other way than leaning back to you. Um, I found that this way. Like this year, the more I lean towards God, the more I actually had to make myself disciplined, you know, to wake up early and tired, but actually be there reading and uh, praying and really feeding myself things that were good for my soul, you know, like changing the things I watch, changing the things I listen to, uh, uh, being around people that will really spark the faith in me and and when I actually did those things and really leaned it to God, made him a part of my day, he just couldn't respond any other way. And I have never seen so many answered prayers like this year has been in my life. Like I said, things that I didn't even know I needed it. And he's been answering. Uh, and, and that's my thing. Just be intentional mm -hmm. and don't lose faith because he will not leave you like forsaken if you're actually going after him. He will, he will come close. I love that so much. I love that so much. Um, that thought of if you lean into him, there's no other option but for him to lean back. And that's what scripture says. If you seek him, you will find him. If you seek, seek for him with your whole heart. And um, I love to say God is bad at hide and seek. <laughs> <laughs> Hey God, where we don't even get it out of our mouths. Hey God, where are here? I am. Um, and, and sometimes it's it's big, and sometimes it's very quiet. Of like, yeah. I'm right here. And oh, my friend Joyce, hmm. thank you so much for just sharing sharing your walk. And you know, we put it in your bio. I really believe with all of my heart that um, there is so much relatability to your story of there are parts that people can just hold on to and go, I thought that, or that's me, or um, why hasn't God done this? And I just believe that your story is gonna unlock some freedom in the same way that the message that you heard from that pastor describing what Jesus was really saying to the man at the pool, do you want to be made whole? That is what you were saying to our listeners today. Do you want to be made whole? And listeners, you can be made whole, but that only comes through Jesus. And so, um, wow, Joyce, thank you. Amen. And listeners, you know, we believe stories change lives. I am guessing Joyce's story will change some of the trajectory of your own lives. If you take to heart um, mm -hmm. the truth that Joyce has unrolled. So we love you listeners, Joyce. 
we love you so much. I feel privileged to be part of yours and Portia's friendship now because um, now I'm part of it too, even though I can't be a person with you. Um, So thank you. Thank you for sharing. And listeners, we love you so much. We love you. Until next time. Bye. Bye.